A number of years ago, um, I, I've been to too many to actually remember which one it was. I don't even know if I was a camper or a leader, um, but I was at a high school camp and uh, I had a drama they put on one night before um, the the message that night. Anyway, the way the drama sort of um, sort of went was there was um, a person and sort of living out their lives and so they would move around their life and but there was a person representing Jesus with them and so there was a, this was a person that believed in Jesus had a relationship with Jesus and would talk to Jesus and and but then sometimes they wanted to have their life separate from Jesus so there'd be areas of his of his room that he wanted, Jesus that's not for you okay that's just for me not for you to be looking at okay. So we're just respecting boundaries, please. That's mine. You you can have that side of the room. Have a look outside the window and look at your creation, that kind of stuff. And so as the drama goes on, you sort of see that he's living life, but he doesn't want Jesus to be a part of everything. And and Jesus, hey, hey kept saying to him, hey, how about we spend some time together? Hey, Jesus, I've, I've booked in some time for you. And he leaves the room and goes off and, and does stuff with his friends and, and comes home and Jesus is waiting for him. He's like, how can we spend some time together? Oh, Jesus, I've been, I was a big party tonight. I was just, I'm worn out. How about tomorrow? And so he goes to sleep. And, and so the next day, the whole thing goes together and Jesus is just waiting. How about we spend some time with you? And at the end of, at the end of the drama, it sort of gets a little bit dramatic in the sense that this person's become so frustrated with Jesus sort of continually asking to spend time with him and, and always want to be a part of his life that he grabs the arms of Jesus and puts them up and just nails them to the wall and leaves Jesus behind in his bedroom. Now, Jesus went to the cross for us. The thing is, he went to the cross for us so that he could live in our lives. Not just Sundays, not just 10 o'clock to 11.30, 12 o'clock. No, no, I'll go back to 11.15. Okay, well, they're sort of getting read from people in the room. But the thing is, Jesus didn't want to go just this time or just this time. I remember growing up that the God times were Sundays, Bible study, and and then other sporadic times during the week and year that came up interspersing things. God wasn't a topic of conversation outside of those. Well, that's, I suppose, how I played it out in my life. I, when God fits into those times, and as I, as I matured, I went, well, no, God, God exists out of those times. And I have to say the friendships that grew strongest were the ones that I could talk about life with, have a joke with, and Jesus with, and they were just a breath away from each other. It wasn't like, okay, we've got to talk about God now. This is the allotted time, and then amen, and then God disappears. No, my great friends were ones that would be joking about something and go, hey, I've been learning this about God, or I've been praying about this a lot, and can you be praying for me? And they were really special times. And today we are wrapping up our recharge series. I, I thought about because it's been going on now for, I think this is week seven, and I was going to be really mean and say, "Okay, can you remember what we spoke about?" Um, and um, I know some people haven't been here for all of them, so they would have at least and they have excuse. But some of you would be going. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Did I have breakfast? So I don't want to do that to you this morning. So I am going to do a bit of a review this morning. But first of all, I want to have a look at Romans 6.8 because that's where I suppose we're kicking off today. Um, we're talking about recharging through the presence of Christ. And so since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. 
Now, when you live with someone, your lives are connected. You, it, that's automatic. Like when I brought the kids home from the hospital, um, we didn't just put them in a room and say, guys, just feel free to do whatever you want. Um, they did feel free to do whatever they want. It's usually crying and eating and more crying and changing nappies for the first few years. And, and now at times they're still having that same attitude. But it's just different things they're doing what they want. But, but the thing is they, they live with us. Uh, they are part of us. Um, when you get married, you don't sort of, you don't get married and then go, okay, well, um, I'll see you next week. I've got some things that I want to do. No, the vows make it really clear that, we, you are in it together. You are going through life together. You are facing the good, the bad, the, you, the sickness and health, all those things that you go, we're going to do this together. And so when we live with Christ, well, it's, it's a no-brainer, but we live with Christ. Christ is present. We are present in him. He is present in us. We walk together. We, we seek him out. We, we desire to be obedient to him. And as we sort of look at today, it sort of is one of these things that we, as we look at the past few weeks, there's actually this major connection with all these. So the first week, who can remember what week one was? Recharge your, from Isaiah, vision, recharge your vision. Now, if you are living with Christ, if you are seeking him out, do you think Christ will show him stuff about himself stuff stuff about himself to you regularly some of you are nodding yes some of you are a bit confused by the question uh, some of you may not know but no no if we are walking with Jesus Jesus is in a habit of just teaching us more and more about himself and the part of the problem is it's he's so big he's just got more and more stuff to show us. And because we're finite, sometimes the stuff we learn about Jesus, we forget about anyway. So Jesus has got to do refreshes on himself. And we never run out of learning and being amazed by who Jesus is when we are living with him. If Jesus is just a, an answer to a question that we have in a, a quiz somewhere, maybe, maybe it's not like that. But when we, are, when we are designed to live with Christ, when we are designed to live in his presence, we will easily recharge our vision. And then Jimmy took over in week two. What did Jimmy look at? Re teamwork, recharge through working as a team. Again, the fellowship, the fellowship in service with others, like-minded, people that are wanting to see something happen, are some of the greatest memories I have. There are people I still look back on fondly 20, 30 years ago who I went, these are people that, I followed Jesus with. These are people that I did stuff with. And, and, and right now, it is as a church, I get to do that with you. I get to see people serving with their giftings and passions. I get to see people overcoming and, and having so bearing great fruit. I get to see people facing challenges and facing that together with them. And in all that, what happens as I see people being obedient to God, I'm challenged to follow God more. I'm, I'm challenged to be faithful in my walk with God. As I see people serving and sacrificing, I'm going, hey, I, I want to have that same passion to see people who are lost come to know him. As I see people succeeding, all of a sudden the successes and the praises that they're sharing become part of mine and I can praise God too. All because we are walking together, serving together in the presence of Christ. We then had Pastor Bert share with us. 
recharge through godly community. Now, there's a, there's a very essential word there, godly. It's not just community. Our, our ministries are not just social clubs that give us something to do when in our ever-busy lives. Because the thing is, if it was just that, I wouldn't come to some of the stuff because my life has got plenty on. But there is a reason that we gather together. It sort of touches on what I just said about Jimmy. and It's the idea of, of your faith can encourage my faith. Your example can be a challenge to me. Your prayers for me and my prayers for you, again, bring us together into God's presence. And so that's, yeah, Pastor Bert spoke, do not forsake gathering together. Don't forsake that. This is an intentional time or should be an intentional time where we come together wanting to acknowledge God and what he's doing in our lives. That's this time. But we have other times. I've had some great times this week catching up with fellow Christians, fellow people that are being walk with, walking with God, and I'm, I'm looking forward to how that happens, and, and I'm looking forward to being challenged in my own walk. And so that becomes a really important idea. Then we had the um, Sarah shared recharging through rest. Now, that rest is not to happen in the next 20 minutes, okay? If I hear snoring, you've gone too far. I, I don't mind spiritual reflection with your eyes shut, but, yeah, snoring's no go. But, but the thing is, God rested, to give us an example of rest. God at times wants us to be able to support one another and, and help them sort of bear the load. But it's something that, again, we need to be supporting and coming alongside each other and, and, and following that, that example of God to take time. We need to learn to be obedient to what God is asking us to rather than what we think we should be doing. And that comes as a church as well. I, don't want, I, 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 I really don't want to get ahead of what God wants me to do. I don't want us to get ahead of what God wants us to do. And, and this year, I think it's been the first year in a long time that I haven't really started the, the, the year with going, I want to see this happen this year. Because two reasons. One, in the past 15 months, I've seen God doing some amazing things in our church. I really have. I've seen things start up that I went, where did that come from? And even now, there's there are things in the works that probably a month ago weren't even like an idea on, on, on my brain. And to, to see God going, oh, you've got this opportunity now and this opportunity, I'm going, and I've just got to the point, well, God, why should I sort of sit down and go, let's come up with 10 things that we should be doing as a church? I'm just going to let you guide. I'm going to let you provide the opportunities and, and we'll seek to be obedient, but I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to be doing something that other churches is doing and I think, oh, we should do that because that's the cool thing to do or, or we'll grow more doing that. I want to be obedient. And so when we learn to rest in God, we, we, we stay in steps with the rhythms that God has for us, which again is practicing the presence of Christ. And then Sue looked at worship for us. Worship is very much entering into God's presence. 
Uh, again, you look at multiple stories throughout the Bible where people come into the presence of God and they say, this is a holy place. And, and they're saying, well, it was me or take off my slippers. Um, and um, it's funny on that. I remember years ago uh, when T.O. was here with us, we had people that were wearing thongs to our church because we're Australian. That was it. No greater spiritual reason than that. And then T.O. would lead up the front here with no shoes on at all. Now, if that was Australian, you're going, oh, they're being too casual, wouldn't you? You'd say that. For Tio, though, she explained it to me one time. She goes, oh, it's, it's like the, the story of Moses. This is holy ground. And so I'm going to enter it as holy ground. I went, oh, that's, that's a really different thing to do. But it's this intent to come in and to acknowledge God and to worship him. And then, and Sue sort of brought out a whole lot of ideas that worship is, is for God. It's not for us, but we, we are blessed by it. We, we benefit when we worship God, but it's not for us. It's for Him. And worship doesn't happen just in this space. Now, now I'm not saying that you even sing on the car on the way home. Feel free to do that. It's the one place that everyone can sing badly. Like you can go for it. You can sing as loud as you want and go for it. If someone you're driving with is singing badly, well, thank God that you, the car trip will end soon. Like you've still got reasons to thank him. But but what I'm what I'm saying, but then it goes more than that because worship comes down to the way, catch these words, the way that we live for Christ. So worship straight away becomes this idea of being in God's presence, and 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 connecting with that. And so last week we looked at recharging through our passions, recharging the passion in our life to, to live for God with expectation, with excitement, and to, being, to, to living life to the full. God actually says, I'm going to pour your cup up until it's overflowing. I think some of us, like, have got a drop in our cups at times. And so when we go to refresh ourselves, we sort of we tip an empty cup into our mouths and we go, oh God, what's what's life all about? But God says, I want to I want to fill your cup to overflowing. I want I want you to be expectant. And again, there's so many verses that talk about this. We talk about being on fire for God. We we talk about um and Habakkuk like there is something about to happen. It's gonna it's gonna come. Be ex- be in expectation for what God will do. And there's the promises of the Messiah and all these different ones. Look forward to what God is going to do. And the thing is, if we are living in God's presence, it will help to maintain our passion for life, uh, for life with him. And I'm not sure if you've even connected over the past few weeks at how some of these will affect each other. If you if you are recharged through godly community, you want to work with other people as a team. If you are worshiping God, then that will reset your vision. If you are worshiping God, that will help your passion for Christ. If you are feeling rested, if you are living in in the step with what God wills for you, all of a sudden you are you're not draining your battery of passion. And so all these things we've been talking about get us to the point of being recharged for the purpose of following God with all our lives, which is the presence of Christ. Recharge in the presence of Christ. So what are the benefits that we receive in God's presence? Well, first of all, we, we look at strength. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about like coming to the gym and working out and look at these guns, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I'm not talking about that. Psalm 105.4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek, seek his presence continually. Seek his strength. Seek his presence. They merge together. Now, God's strength comes through in facing trials that we are in the middle of. Why? Because his strength is more than what we can handle. Maybe there's a trial that's going in your life and, and, and see, some trials are hard, like, like the super massively hard and they are in a moment. Some trials, maybe not as hard, but they go on for a season or two and they wear us down. And so this verse is saying that we need to continually go into God's presence so our strength is renewed, that we are able to stand under the burden. And so the benefits is, is strength. Another benefit is also joy. If you are feeling run down, your joy will run down very quickly as well. And Psalm 16:11 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence. So we're talking about life, we're talking about presence, we're talking about joy here. Again, mathematical equation, we, if we sort of enter in the presence of God, we'll know joy, we'll know life, we'll be walking with him. Again, we want our joy to be full. Another thing that we benefit from is refuge, a safe place, a place where you feel like you can come home. We just sung that, blameless, I am running home. Like home always feels like a good place. You go away on a holiday, you might go, oh, this is great, this is fantastic, the view, but it's not like the couch at home. It's not like the space at home. Remember last year we, we um, after travelling for four weeks in the caravan, be able to come home and to expand out as a family again to our room, to their room, to the different rooms around the house. We had space to feel that refuge. But refuge is also a place of protection, a place where God will hold us close and comfort us. And Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts in his presence. God is our refuge. And that verse starts with this idea, trust in him at all times. It doesn't say trust in him when you really, 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 really need to or really, really, really have to. It says, trust in him at all times. The challenges that are in front of you today, trust him with those. The challenges that come tomorrow, trust him with those. The unknown challenge that's going to hit you out of nowhere, even though you've got to work your brain through it, be quick to trust him with that also. And in so doing, you will come to know God as a refuge, a place where you can go and just pour your heart out to. And that. Another benefit of, of God's presence is grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Anyone sort of sound that, that sound familiar at all? Okay, if you, if you weren't listening to that song, Boldly I Approach Your Throne. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. So Hebrews is actually, the writer of Hebrews is saying, I want you to come to God. I want you to be in his presence and I want you to do it boldly. Now, the busy, biggest example I can think of that in my life at the moment, my parents can relate, maybe 
older parents or grandparents you might go back to. Were you ever interrupted by your children? Or parents, are you ever interrupted by your children? Mum, 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 dad, 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 dad. Can I, hey, hey, can I get your attention? And like, it's it's very present in our life at the moment. Like we, there are times that, yeah, it's hard to have a conversation because there's interruption. Okay, for everyone, children and adults, God wants you to do that. He wants you to approach him like that. He wants you to say, God, hey, I've got a problem. God has the ability for us all to do that at the same time which is kind of amazing. I wish I had a little bit of that gift because I would be able to handle it a bit more in life. But God says that he wants you to come. God, this is happening right now. I'm really stressed. God wants us to do that. He wants us to quickly come in and say, God, hey, I know you love me. And But in doing that, what we receive is his grace and mercy in our life as we deliberately and intentionally go into God's presence. Now, when it comes to God's presence, when it comes to being in the presence of Christ, it's not meant to be a momentary presence. It's not meant to be like Sunday to Sunday. It's not meant to be spiritual significant moment to spiritual significant moment. Like, again, I've grown up through camping years and, and um, I've watched kids who have made this significant decision to follow Jesus and given a great testimony and they get back to their school, they get back to their family, they get back to life and, and they go okay for a little while. And then all of a sudden, three, four months in, they go, oh, can't wait for camp next year so I can get close to God. And and even um, our camp uh, down south in South Queensland, it, it got almost pre-programmed into people's minds to saying, "Oh, Wednesday night is the night that we get right with God." So I'll I'll get almost sitting up before that time, and then I'll get right with God. Um, I suppose that's the Catholic way of doing it too. Like you you confess on Monday after you've done all the things on the weekend. I don't know, but but but. We're not, it's not meant to be this momentary thing, saying, oh, I had an experience with God here, and then years later I had an experience with God. And sometimes the Bible, it seems as we read through it, God shows up in sporadic times. But at the same time, we don't see their story in between. We don't see how they follow God in between. But they did. Like They, they were faithful in their walk with God. And so it's not meant to be momentary. Um. It's not meant to be, I've got to get to Sunday so I can have my, my bucket filled up again or I can be encouraged or I can be challenged and hopefully that can hold me through to at least Thursday or Friday. It's not meant to be like that. Living with God is a daily experience. Um, Luke 9.23 talks about taking up your cross and it says, Then he said to the crowd, If anyone wants to be my follower, or someone that lives with me, or someone who wants to be in my presence, you must give up your own way, okay? We need to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Some of us like the, the other passage where it says, just take up your cross. Um, but this one says daily. It says, okay, every day we've got, to, we've got to make a decision to say, I'm going to sacrifice my will and my way so that I can be obedient to God. But in so doing, it actually puts us into the footsteps of God. 
Have you ever done that walking along the beach, try to walk in someone's footsteps? Maybe they were a bit like maybe when you were younger, they had bigger, bigger, and so you try and sort of reach out and step in their footprints, and or have your feet disappear, or or maybe if you're older, you want your your footprints to make their footprints disappear. Whatever. When we're following God, we're actually walking in His footprints. We are in His presence. We are in 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 check with Him, and and everything is as it should be. Now, I actually shared this with someone this week, but um, I was asked, how, how are you going with your times with God? And my answer was, it's happening, but I'm finding it a struggle. I'm finding it a struggle. I'm finding things are grabbing my attention, like things for church, things for family. Sometimes it's I'm tired. Sometimes I just I want to do something else totally instead. And so... I really acknowledge that it is a struggle at times to follow Jesus. And I went, you know what? It is a fight for us to prioritize Christ and His and entering into His presence. It is a fight. And I, and I think if we don't say it is, what happens? We just expect it will happen. We just expect, oh yeah, I'll go to church and then when God wants to do what He wants to do, I'll do it automatic. We kind of want God to make us robotic. And so that becomes our excuse for not being God's presence. But what happens? No, it is a fight. We've got to work hard at going into his presence so that we can receive those things that we talked about earlier. It's a fight because we can be distracted. It's a fight because of maybe choices we make. It's a fight because there can be competing focuses. It can be a fight because we think we have a better way than God. And even when we have a desire to enter into God's presence, even when we have a desire to to be at church, to open our Bible, to enter in prayer, it can be hard. I've found over the years, more and more, I don't know what this says about me, but if I'm praying, it's better for me to pray out loud even by myself because it keeps me praying. If I pray silently, all of a sudden, my brain goes different directions. So I start thinking about what I need to do, and I don't even realize when I stop praying. Sometimes it helps when I write out my prayers. I write my prayer out to God and, and, and think it through and say, hey, God, these are the things I'm praying for. But it's important for me to, to take that time. So even when I'm wanting to do it, it can be hard. And so I think we need to realize that, that it is a fight to prioritize God's presence. Don't just think this will happen. Put some effort into it. But before I talk about that a little bit more, a verse I read this week in my, my time with God from Ezekiel pointed out the fact that Jesus is fighting to be in our lives. So when I say it's a fight for us to be in his presence, Jesus is also fighting to get into our lives as well. He's working just as hard. In Ezekiel 34.11 it says, For this is what the sovereign law says, I myself will search and find my sheep. God is looking for ways to spend time with you. And because God is such a big God and God is more than competent, he will find ways to spend time with you. So 
Like he, he is working harder than we are. But then we jump down to verse 16 and it says, I will search for my lost ones who have strayed away and I'll bring them safely home again. So I'm going to bring them back into my presence and I will bandage the injured and I will strengthen the weak. For some of us, the reason that we're not sort of entering into God's presence, we're going, we're, we're, we're broken. There is something wrong with my life. I'm, I'm hurt here. I'm hurt here. I'm, I'm hurt all over the place. I can't do the things that I want. And God is saying, that's okay. I will find you. I will bring you in and I'll bandage the injured and I will strengthen the weak. That happens in the presence of God. So it is a fight for us to prioritize this, but Jesus is fighting also. So I, I want us, as I just wrap up this morning, I want us to look at this idea that what, what can we do then? What can we do to fight to have God's presence in our life and, and by default then recharge our vision, our, our, our godly community, recharge our teamwork, recharge our worship, recharge our, recharge our rest, recharge our, our passion? Well, we have, we have the benefits of living in God's presence we, we shared earlier. We know it is meant to be a life choice demonstrated by daily by journeying with God. It's not something that you did last year, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or X amount of years ago. It's not, that's what I did back then and there's nothing else I have to do. No, it is a daily, it's a life choice that we make to follow Jesus that we follow through with daily actions. We know it will not be easy, but we need to be encouraged that Jesus wants this for us. So what do we do now? What, what steps can we take or what how, how can we sort of be encouraged to do more? Well, to be in God's presence is more than just an idea. It is something that needs to be put into action, something that needs to be sought after. So there, it's, you make a choice and then you need to follow with it with an intended action. Now, I've got, I've got a whole lot of verses here that won't be up on the screen if you want this list later, but... I, I, I looked up the word seek. What does it mean to seek after God? whole lot of verses in the Bible. Do that word search. There are plenty there, but here's a few of them. So Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. A choice to actually do something, to do things God's way. So I'm going to seek to do God's will. I'm going to seek to live God's way. I'm going to seek to be right in my life with God. I'm going to do that and all these things will be added unto me. 1 Chronicles 16.11, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. When we see God's presence again, we will, we will find that his strength, it's not even joy. I, this is the thing. I, I've, I've spent time thinking about this, and I don't think I've got it the right way to picture it, but it's not even his strength joining with ours. It's his strength becoming ours. And so all of a sudden, we do things in his strength. I'm not even using mine at all. Like it's just God working through me and in me. Um, then we have Proverbs 8.17. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Now, again, who here has ever played hide and seek? Okay, like um, when I've got, as I've got older, I'm not as passionate about it. Um, for me, 
It's a great way to keep kids occupied while I can do something else. Go hide, guys. I'll find you soon. I'm still looking. I'm still looking while I'm doing something else. I'll be there any moment now. But when it comes to finding God, now one God is not hiding from us. Yet too often we miss God. How does that make sense? God is, is, is there. He's easy to be found and we're sort of doing this. God, I can't see you. Where are you today? Where? That's how we're spiritually seeking. But this verse is we need to diligently seek him and we will find him when we do it. Now, some of the diligent ways will be coming to church, serving God together, worshipping him. Have we heard any of these ideas before? I think over the last few weeks we, we, will, we will, as we seek God diligently, we'll get into God's word. We'll pray ourselves we will pray with others and all of a sudden we will see and find God. Um, Jeremiah 29:13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Let me put that another way. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your passion. We talked about that last week. Deuteronomy 4:29, and from there you will seek your Lord and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Again, we talked about that last week. We, we, we need to search, God, search for God with everything we have. And so that will actually replenish our passion as we find Jesus, as we enter in his presence, as we live in his presence, and all those other things line up as well. Um, Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Now, I've heard, I haven't done the research myself, that the Greek in this is probably better putting it this way. Ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking. It will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. Now, Again, I'm going to speak for you. I can, I, my, my testimony on this will be clear that there are sometimes I will pray for things once and God doesn't answer and I give up. Ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Is there something in your life that needs to change? Is there something in, in the sphere of your life that you want to see God work in? Then, well, we need to keep coming back into his presence saying, God, can you intervene in that situation? Can you? We keep praying for it. We need to be a church that keeps praying for it. We keep asking God for it. And in so doing, we actually are practicing the presence of Christ. Okay, last verse before we wrap up today. Psalm 9.10. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. When we look for God, God finds us. When we seek his presence, he opens up the door. When we chase after God, God lets us catch him. He does. Why? Because he loves us. He doesn't have to run fast, go, I'm faster than you. No, he just says, here, you want to chase me? Here, I'll, I'll take a step, but I want you to chase after me. And he lets us catch him. And all of a sudden, we went into his presence and we have strength, we have grace, we have refuge. We, we have the things that God has promised for us. But it does take work from us to do that. 
And so today, as we finish this series, I really want you all to be recharged in God. But God is God is not just going to magically sort of open up something and go, okay, drink this, eat this, and then everything in your life will be right. It is us working in cooperation with God. God, is, God has got everything ready for us. He's got this sort of table of food lined up or gifts ready to give us, and he's waiting for us to receive it. And all we have to do is to seek him out. And so my prayer for you this year, after a number of years where it's been so easy for our batteries to be run down through different ways, that we have a year that we are in a spot where God can use us as he sees fit because we are ready to go because we are recharged for his kingdom and his glory. Well, we we thank you that your presence is made available to us, that you are able to... um, to draw us to yourself and that you are fighting for us to be in your presence and to, to know um, your, your will and your way in our lives. And I pray today that we are able to make a choice to follow you and tomorrow we'll make that same choice and it will be followed by action on our part and we will seek to overcome the difficulties of being in your presence by intentionally pursuing you knowing that you want want to be found. You want us to enter your presence. So, Lord, let us do our part and let let our relationship with you grow as we live in your presence. May this year be a year that we are recharged by your spirit in our life, recharged by our relationship with you, and may we see you work in us and through us so we may glorify you throughout this year with all the things that you do in us and through us in our church. We pray this in your name. Amen.